but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball. Oh, was the Euro, different. The, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. So today on the Euro stepping, uh, we have a couple of special guests. Um, this is episode two of our special series. Um, I am joined by a couple of great guys, allegedly. Um, we have the head coach of the GBUA18s, uh, Craig Nichols, and we've got Will Maynard, the uh, lead assistant. Um, guys, how you doing? Fantastic. Well, good, thanks, Dan, mate. How are you? Uh, not too bad, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy we're getting going. Uh, in our second stint here, getting ready to go to the Euro. So um, thank you guys for taking the time out. Um, so yeah, tell, tell, tell me a little bit about the process. Craig, this is your uh, first time leading the Division A U18s team. Um, talk a little bit about the process. Um, well, it's been a long time coming, actually, because we've been we've actually been in post for the last three years, um, but COVID has cancelled the last two tournaments, um, so we've been patiently waiting to get to this point. Um, my process is maybe a bit longer than you know probably anyone else's. Um, this will be my tenth European Championship. Um, started off many many years ago um, at Euro C with Scotland under 16s. Um, did two years at Euro C, then moved up to under 18s at Euro B with Scotland. Ended up doing two years as an assistant and then two years as a head coach um, with Scotland national teams and then joined up with GB. Um, and I've done three summers with James Veer and Will was Will was on the last one with us just before COVID um, as an assistant with the under 16s team, um, which leads us into season number 10. Um, as head coach of the under 18 program. Um, so it's obviously been a long-term goal of mine to get to UOA. Um, it's taken quite a while to get here, but you know, I've managed to do the, hopefully get the full pathway from C all the way up to A. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, Will, what's your journey been um, coming this far? Um, my journey's definitely a lot shorter than Craig's. Definitely not my tenth, my tenth championship. It's only my second one coming in. Um, as Craig mentioned before, I did the under 16s at Division B in 2019. So this will be my second one coming in. Uh, obviously, it's a big step up, not only in age group but also going from Division B to Division A as well. So looking forward to the challenge. Okay, Jen. So both of you, what what do you foresee the difference? No one's been. In Division A, um, Craig, you said you've been C, B, and now you're going into A. Uh, what do you foresee as the biggest differences, the biggest changes? Um, well, everything just gets ramped up a little bit closer to the professional level, right? So players will be a lot bigger, more athletic, faster. They'll have more prep time, more money spent on their programs. This, you know, we're we're going to be around Europe's elite. Um, so it's good that we've managed to get to that level um, and we'll be doing everything we can this summer to stay at that level and remain in Division 18 for our next year. Man, um, yeah, it'd be awesome. Definitely as a program to try and stay in A um, and, and then hopefully, you know, uh, even make some noise, get a couple of upset games. Um, first, being, uh, first game being France, so definitely going to be an interesting time coming in. Um, Will, what, you know, being a part of the, you know, scouting team and uh, looking at a lot of the talent that we have, 
Um, what difference do you see in the players, um, you know, from B to A so far, just on video? I guess, like what Craig said, they're just physically better, um, going from Division B to Division A that we've seen so far. Um, and then the biggest thing that Craig obviously did mention is tactically, like their tactical awareness of the game. Um, the smoothness, the smoothness of how they play, uh, and the decision making—it's just one step above everyone else's uh, in terms of speed of decision making and stuff like that. I think tactically and technically is the they're, they're one step ahead. Yeah, um, it, it, it's definitely going to be an eye opener for a lot of our guys. Um, and talking about our players in particular, you know, they've had two years off, so we've got a group that you know would have missed out on two years of development. Um, because of the, the COVID shutdown and stuff. And, you know, we didn't go to Euros last year. Um, what do you think this opportunity means for our guys uh, coming in this year? I mean, it's great. It's great for all of us. It's not just the players. You know, it's, it's been it's been difficult um, with two summers off. Um, it's a shame for the kids that have missed out the last two years. And it's unfortunate the 20s programme isn't able to go this, this summer as well. Um, but for the, the 12 guys we've got together just now, it's a tremendous honour for them to be able to put on the GB jersey and go and represent, you know, for, for the guys from this age group and for the past two years as well that haven't been able to play. Um, there's finally, we've, we're able to put a team out that hopefully everyone can get behind um, and we can make some noise this summer. Nice. Um, what were you guys looking for? Um, and I know I was in the process as well, I'll take myself out of it, but what was you looking for in terms of the kids that could be, or the players that could be in selection to come and represent GB? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking for guys that were, first of all, going to be extremely hardworking. Um, we're well aware of our uh, time restriction um, for the programmes. So we, we haven't had a, a long lead into where we're at just now. So we wanted guys that were going to be able to pick up actions and concepts quickly um, and be able to make tactical adjustments quickly. Um, so I think we've managed to get a, a very smart group of players together that will hopefully be able to put some plans together to try and yeah, make some noise this summer. You know, we're, we're not just going to just be a part of this tournament. We're going to you know win games um, and remain in Division 8. Um, so we need players that have the understanding to be able to put these concepts in place. Um, and ultimately, we've got to be able to go out there and play tough. Um, we need warriors. We need guys that are going to be willing to do whatever it takes for their teammates, for their country, because um, we're, we're going to be in some tough situations. Um, and if these guys can can leave it all out there, then hopefully we get what we deserve come the end of it. Nice. Um, is there any specific talent or skill or mindset that, you know, has to be um, displayed or shown to be a part of the national team? Especially in your experiences, um, you've had, you know, you've been a part of the national team setups for 10 years. Is there a particular type of player or makeup of an individual? Um, I wouldn't say there's any one particular type, but what players have to be is they have to be adaptable. Um, you know, be able to fit into different systems, be able to fit into different scenarios. Um, and be elite at more than one thing. You know, as soon as you step up to higher levels, you know, you can, if you're good at one thing, you know, teams will scout that and take that one thing away. So you need to have multiple things you can go to at both ends of the floor, not just offensively. Um, and if you can be adaptable and fit into these systems that, you know, what, whether it's our program or different programs, you know, and fitting into what, what styles the coaches have um, would be a great asset for anyone that has national team aspirations. Nice. Now, 
as the nature of the show is is about you know um, kids traveling and playing basketball in, in different levels um, can you speak to the play type of you know the European style the English style the American style like what are the biggest differences and, and the way they approach the sport of basketball yeah, I mean, certainly in my experience, um, certainly the European style seems to be a little bit more um, skill and tactical oriented than the, the American style. Um, with with regards to players that, that fit into them, it's about guys that, that find the correct level for them. You know, there's there's no one perfect answer where you know this is the solution. You know, there's there's different situations which will suit different play styles. Um, and if anyone is looking to go different places, it's important that they find a situation which will help them develop and, and, and become their best. You know, I wouldn't say it's not necessarily Europe, it's not necessarily England, it's not necessarily the USA. Um, it's about finding that program where the coaches are going to invest in them and they'll be able to develop the player to, you know, have, have set their goals and, and get them there. Um, so that, that could be, it could be here, that could be in the States. Um, that's up to players who've got to do a little bit of research themselves behind that and, and find a program and a coach that's going to believe in them. Mm, that's good. Um, it, one of the biggest things, and you guys know, is, is being a part of you know big clubs and being successful, having successful clubs. Um, one of the biggest things that a lot of the players nowadays want to do is go to America. You know, they want to play college ball. They want to um, take in the the big lights and you know be the guy on the highlight reel and all the rest of it now again with your experience what's your opinion on that um well, do you want to go well yeah um I guess just to reiterate what Craig said is finding the right situation for yourself um and in terms of why people want to go I think that's what people have to figure out early so we have plenty of kids or we've seen plenty of kids who just want to go for the experience and for the experience for a life experience not necessarily from a development standpoint and we would support that fully support that with a lot of our kids going if they just want to try and get that experience but a lot of players go to situations where it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere they don't really get supported they don't have um, a good structure around them and they're kind of just left by the in their own in their own devices whereas some players will go to a really elite school and that's the perfect fit for them. So I guess it's just finding the right situation for yourself um, and not just going to America for the sake of saying you've been to America. Um, I think there's plenty of other places where you can develop, um, such as England. I think there's loads of, again, universities coming up through the ranks that you can develop where you can probably get more infrastructure or better infrastructure infrastructure than some of these other little schools over in the States. So I guess it's just kind of what you want to do and the reasons why you want to go there. You have to kind of figure that out early rather than just going for the sake of going. Yeah. Do your research. Like you want to, you want to find a place that's going to, that's going to suit you ultimately, you know, don't just take anywhere that will take you. For sure. Um, yeah. Cause you always get horror stories of guys going and coming back and, um, you know, not having a great time, getting exploited, um, losing our money. Um, especially, Will, you know, you're a part of Charmwood and that's definitely a, a hub. You, you guys have had quite a few players go to the States. Now, when they come in, is that their goal and is that what you guys work towards or it comes down to a person-by-person -person basis and you say, all right, well, this person's good enough, they need to go to 
this type of program or is it kind of like more of a hit and miss process? Um, it's different for different individuals. Um, I guess we, if some people come up, come into us and they say that's their goal and we try and get them there um, and we'd advise them on where we think is best for them and their level they can get to. Um, we don't offer, also we don't promise America to anyone. Obviously, if people are obviously around the academies know how difficult it is to get their players to the States, it's not an easy, it's not an easy process to go through. So we never actually promise America to anyone. Um, we just promise the development and they're, they're going to get better and they will have some options by the end of it. Um, and if America is one of them, then that's a bonus, obviously, if it's the right fit uh, for them as well. Um, but yeah, again, it's just doing the research with them, helping them through that process is, is a key as well. Um, Craig, as a, as a, you know, a very good developmental coach, what's your ethos in terms of, hey, do you, do players need to refine one skill or do they need to be a multi-layered so that they can find the best, the best situation or, hey, just specialize in two, three things and, you know, that'll take your career off. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to have a baseline, right? So you got you can't have any weak areas. So you've got to have a baseline that you can set from, but then you've got to have something that sets you out from the crowd. So everyone will have one thing that they're good at um, and most people know what that is. Um, with, within their game. Um, I would probably challenge those people to try and find at least a second and third option because um, the higher up levels you get, I said, I mentioned earlier, you know, teams can easily take away your one thing. Um, so if you've got multiple things that you can go to um, that puts you in the best place to be a, recruited or be, you know, selected for national team or wh whatever the scenario is, the more the more weapons you've got in your arsenal, the better. Um, but yeah, don't, don't leave anything. Don't just focus on one thing and one thing only. You've got to have that solid foundation that you can then, you know, specialize from, you know, sure, big man, whatever your, whatever your skill set is and requires. Now, bridging the two gaps now, we've got a couple of guys on our roster um, that play in the States. Um, there's a few that couldn't make it um, and there's a, a, a few that um, weren't selected. Now, what is um, the thought process there? You know, I know some people would assume, hey, because my son, uh, my daughter, you know, on the girl side, because they're in America, that must mean they're better or not. Like, can you talk about that kind of myth just because, you know, they're not here on home soil, um, they're better? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think as selectors, I don't think we base the fact on whether you're in America or Europe or England. You know, it's, for us, it's about getting the best players in the room. Um, and then once we've got the best players in the room, we select a group um, that can go forward um, and compete as Great Britain. You know, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, country or where you're playing has anything to do um, with selection. Okay. Um... I like that and it's just you know now it's an open field and guys don't have to worry about oh well I can't be selected because I'm not here or there and I think that's the most important thing especially for anyone aspiring to get in the program is just to know that hey you know you're not going to be overlooked just because you're in this situation or another and I think that's a, a great point to make. Um, going, to, uh, going back to the campaign now um, what are you projecting? What are your thoughts and feelings? Um, you know, we've got another six, seven days 
before we start playing our first game. Um, initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we obviously know it's going to be tough. Um, you know, we're we're historically usually a Euro B team, um, so this, the the teams before us have done a great job to stay in Division A um, and winning the correct games to stay at that level. Um, so I think all we can do is take one game at a time, um, and we'll go out. We'll put a plan together to compete as best we can. Um, you know, we're aware we're not going to win every single game, but we're going to try try our best to compete. You know, every possession, and hopefully that gets us in a place where we can pick up a, win, a few wins um, and keep us in Division A. You know, that's that's the goal. I think it's also great. Obviously, we spoke about it earlier, but we've got six oh five ones, so six young guys coming to the coming to the tournament as well. It's a great experience for them to learn and and uh, see what Division A is like as well to give them a good good experience for next year and good opportunity for next year too. Um, yeah, it's, I definitely think it's, it's important, especially where we've had this kind of void for everyone for the last two years. So trying to re-inject the program with some experience um, is definitely valuable. Um, you know, having legacy players. Uh, what can you foresee for next year? Obviously, you know, the games haven't been played and kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but what would be the ideal situation next year? Um, for well, firstly, is to get the twenties program back up and running. Yeah, um, that would be for our guys, or for our O four born guys um, that can progress on to next year's twenties um, program. Um, but then, as as Will mentioned, we've got a few guys that are young enough to be able to play in next year's tournament as well. So I guess. Best case scenario, we retain our Euro A status this year, um, and then we're able to field a team with, that has experience of playing at Euro A, um, and is then able to go out and compete, and then try and improve on whatever we end up finishing this year. You know, work up to a higher level and, and take a couple more wins. Nice, beautiful. Right. So, last uh, question or two before I let you guys go. Um, I know everyone's got some downtime. Um, Question number one is, what advice do you have for, um, let's say, the 13, 14 year olds um, that are really serious and in getting into basketball, even the 15 year olds, and they're looking at academies, they're looking at high schools, they're looking to go abroad. Like, what advice as, as you know, well-seasoned coaches do you have for those players? Yeah, I, I sort of touched on it earlier, but I think if, if you're looking to go to a program, you have to find somewhere where the coach and the staff are going to invest in you as a player. Um, you know, you could go anywhere and be any one of a number of players that can sit from sixth man to 15th, 16th, 17th man. Um, you want to find a program that's going to value you and your development um, and ultimately push you on to get to the level you want to get to, whether that's a national team player, player or whether that's just making regionals or you know whatever your situation is. Find a program and find a, find a staff that you believe in, that suits your play style, that you can work with as a, as a coach-athlete relationship um, and hopefully get, develop you along over the course of however many years you've got um, to get to your national team ambition, your college ambition, you know, whatever your situation is. Yeah, I guess I would just, we say that to all of our guys a lot of the time, is go to where you wanted, that's a huge thing. Um, and then the other thing is go somewhere where you're going to be challenged on a daily basis, not by, obviously your coaching staff is important, by, but by other players around you as well, which are going to help you to compete and play at a higher level on a weekly basis or a day-to-day -day basis. You're practicing against better guys every single day as well. I think that's, that's massively important as well, not 
necessarily going somewhere where you're going to be the man straight away because you're probably not going to develop as much as you would if you're going to go to somewhere where you're going to be competing against some of the best players around you. Um, so I think that's that's a piece of advice that I would give to young players as well. Go to somewhere that's going to challenge you physically and mentally too. Um, yeah, I like that. Just, just not being the uh, best guy in the court, best guy in the room, you know, that saying, um, you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. So I like that idea um, when it comes to basketball. And I guess uh, slightly controversial, but last question I'd say is um, we've got, you know, we, we, we as coaches, we come across players who um, often have um, unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, they think that, hey, you know, I'm sure, especially Will, you have guys that, hey, coach, I'm good enough to play D1 and you might advise otherwise and they call you a hater and stuff like that. Um, you know, how, how, as coaches, how do you guys deal with managing expectations of those who um, don't re have a realistic grasp on, on their potential? Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's sort of related to the last question as well about finding a program that, that fits and values you. Like, so if you've got a good relationship, a good coach-athlete relationship, it should be fairly easy for me to turn turn around to someone and say, "Look, you're a, you're a D three level player at this stage. You know, this is what we're going to work on over the next X amount of months to try and get you ready for D one stage." Um, but if you're open and honest with your athletes, and you know, it's a two way thing from the athletes to the coaches as well. If we've got an honest relationship, we can talk about, you know, realistic goal setting um, for guys that to get to this to the level they want. It's you know, it's not it's not unfair for players to want to play at the highest level. Um, they should always want to push themselves on and get to as high a level as possible. Um, but if you've got guys around that you trust, you know, trust your coaches and trust their judgment that they're they're doing what's best for you. Um, they'll they'll get you and do as, as best development they can to get you there. Thank you very much. Well, guys, let me not take up too much of your time. Uh, thank you for um, joining me. Um, yes, I know we'll be together for the next how many days, but thank you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time out and just talking to the next generation and um, you know trying to break it down for those who have these questions. So. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate no. it. No, we thank you. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.